God. So in week one, we talked about seeking God together. We talked about praying together, uh, maybe even sharing the Bible together, uh, holding one another accountable, helping one another out spiritually, encouraging one another, seek God together. Then week two, we talked about fighting fair. And we actually, it's funny because the church taught you, you can want, somebody's going to say this one day, they're going to say, man, how, how are you so successful in your marriage? They said, well, Pastor Jamie taught us how to fight fair. Huh? I, I went to church and, and, and that preacher, he said we could fight. We just had to fight fair. Now, what church is that? I've been telling my wife we need to fight for a long time. Then Pastor Bubba came and he talked about staying pure and, and, and how each individual needs to stay pure and honor God and, and how in that God honors us and breathes on our marriage. And so just some incredible things. And today we're talking about having fun. Having fun. You remember when you were dating, how much fun it was? Remember that, guys? You remember what it was like when you, were, when you, when you finally found her? Come on. You were deer in the headlights. Your buddies could be slaughtering 18 point bucks at the camp every day. And when you found your little doe, you were like. <laughs> Nothing else mattered in the world, right? I mean, the fish were biting at Toledo Bend and you didn't care. And like, dude, you're missing out, man. The fish are biting. It's like, what? You remember what it was like and you did everything you could to win her? Come on, double brushed your teeth. Even use some mouth rinse, squished it around a little bit longer, put a little extra deodorant on because you didn't want to get funky after you got into a date and you, you smelled good. Maybe you went got, maybe you ironed your clothes. I mean, listen, you were doing everything to put butter on the bread, right? Because you wanted her, right? And it was fun. There was a pursuit. Listen, ladies, the guys loved the pursuit. Right, guys? I mean, the reason we go hunting is not to kill. It's to find the thing that we're going to kill. It's the hunt. I go fishing to see if I can find them. I've caught enough fish. My thumbs are scarred up enough. I'm okay if I don't catch it, but I want to find them. There's a pursuit there. And so for the men, man, we kind of bow up. You know, we do our thing. We walk around, shirt tucked in, looking good, hair cut, that stuff growing out your nose is clipped. Everything looks good. And you're like, whoo, this is good. And she's enjoying the pursuit. She's tippling around, doing her little thing. She got this little fragrance that follows her the whole way. And you're like, seriously, we are just like bucks. I mean, listen, you women don't know what it's like to go home after a date and you still smell the woman you were dating. You're like, <laughs> drives you mad. Right? And it's fun though, right? Because you're trying to convince her that you're the, you're the man for her. And she's trying to not convince you that she's the woman for you. You follow me? And so this whole little thing's going on and it's fun, right? There's a pursuit. And then maybe there's a catch. And then there's a chase. And there's a, a little bit of catching up and it gets intense sometimes, right? You remember that? Right? I mean, come on, it ain't been that long. 
I mean, you go home and, and then if you were trying to do things right, you go home and your heart's still racing. You're like, Lord, help me. Y'all don't know what y'all do to us. I'm telling you. Y'all get on the phone and talk to you. Oh, girl, it was a good day. Oh, he was so nice to me. Oh, we can't do that with other men. That's just weird. We got to go home and take it like a man. Just scratching. I mean, just weird stuff happens to men in the dating process. You remember how fun it was? Listen, I danced. Me and this other friend of mine, we were both after Cheryl the night that I met Cheryl. I was like, oh, heck no, cuz. This one's mine. I pulled out all the switches. I danced country music. I hip hopped. If she was on the floor, I was on the floor. You listen to me? I was throwing. I didn't care what I looked like. It's just he wasn't going to get in my way. Right? And I won. And he was bigger than me, but I didn't care. I took him down. But I pursued her and I went after her and it was fun. And we had a great time and we, we just loved being together and we had fun together. But what's crazy is, is that after we catch you, a lot of times time goes on and then we've got you. And then we start to take each other for granted. My wife's leaving this week to go to Washington for seven days. I'm excited. <laughs> no, I am. Because I think there's, it's important that we get away from each other every now and then so that she can come back and I can remember what she smells like. Because I like being like. <laughs> In seven days, I'm going to be like. <laughs> and she's going to be tired like, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I'm tired. I'm, I'm going to just come around my house, peek in the window. You going to see? Doug going to be on the porch. <laughs> you know, babe, he ain't lying. He doing all kind of crazy stuff over there. That's just wrong, ain't it? <laughs> That's why I left a couple trees up. (laughs) But sometimes we need to get away from each other to to refresh and to remember what it was like when we weren't with them. Right? I think it's important. I think you got to be careful, but I think it's important. And it's so fun. And then all of a sudden it's not fun anymore. And it's, you find yourself almost feeling stuck and you, You know, what's crazy is when you get older, you get around younger people who are falling in love again and you kind of get reminded, you get these little glimpses of, dang, I remember what that was like. And these young people got energy. And then the devil starts telling you, well, you're past your prime, buddy. It's too late. You're old now. Just settle. Just settle down. Just calm down, buddy. You're old. You're 40. I'm just telling you what he tells me. He says, just take it easy, big boy. You're done. You're out the race. He was telling me that last night when I'm preparing for this message. <laughs> I finally stood up and said, no, I ain't done. I'm going to die running. Die running after Cheryl. Amen? 
So I believe that if you'll do these four things, then you can have the best marriage on the planet. Amen. And listen to me. I believe this church is going to be filled with some of the best marriages in Louisiana. I'm not taking that for granted. I'm not, I'm not just trying to say something pretty. I'm telling you the truth. I believe that. I'm praying that way. Amen. Look at what Deuteronomy says. It says, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have said before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life, so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him for the Lord is your life. So what that scripture is saying is that God has put in front of you life and death. He's put in front of you blessings and curses and he's telling you to choose life. Being full of life is a choice. Choose life. Are you getting this? He's putting it. Whose choice is it? Say my choice. It's my choice. My marriage is as great as I'm making it. Amen. So there's a couple of things you need to enjoy one another. And I want to give you these before we really get into the message full speed. But here's the first one. Life giving relationships look to God as the source of their life. Life giving relationships look to God as the source of their life. Here's what's crazy is we put too much pressure on our spouse to fill a void in our life that only God can fill. Come on, you need to look at your neighbor and say you're fired. Or your spouse. Look at your spouse and say you're fired. I'm taking the pressure off of you this morning. God intended for us to choose life with him. He's the giver of life. He's the one that fills our hearts. He's the one that fills our tanks. It's not your spouse. It's not anything about anybody else. It is God. Your source of life is God. Amen. And not anybody else. And every time we choose to put that pressure or that burden on a person, we're going to be let down. You're going to be disappointed. Right? You're going to be disappointed. People ask me sometimes, does Cheryl make you happy? Nope. I was happy before I met Cheryl. Cheryl makes me happier. Are you getting this? You see, in order to have fun in marriage, you both have to be receiving life from the, the source of life. And when you come together, then that's like a double portion of life. And that's where you roll on the ground laughing and you smile all the time. And when the car breaks down, you just go, (laughs) okay, it's going to be fine. No problem. Right? When the enemy comes, you say, get out of here. (laughs) Sorry, sucker. You you ain't coming in. I love my wife. It's important to look to God as our source for life and not each other. I can't feel Cheryl's tank. The way God can. Here's the second one. Life-giving relationships happen when two servants are in love. Cheryl and I are total opposites. I'm the fuddy-duddy in the family. I'm the guy that doesn't always... Listen, if I'm funny, it's on accident. No, that's for real. You can ask the people that are close. I'm not funny. Doug says I have alligator humor. I still don't know what that means, but evidently it's not funny. 
And so, so the thing is this, I'm the fuddy-duddy. Cheryl's the one that's always bouncing off the walls. All of my good friends, they love to come hang out with us because of Cheryl. I want to talk about serious things and they want to have fun. So they pick on my wife. I'm not kidding you. All of my best friends, when they come to my house, they pick on my wife and my wife and my best friends always get into these little bantering things. I go, and part of me goes, why nobody wants to play with me? Can I play? I'm just a funny daddy. We're total opposites. I'm a, my love language is touch period. Just touch. I come home, I just want to touch. I don't want to talk. Just touch. Cheryl's got all the rest of the love languages. <laughs> Except touch. So what's crazy is, is I come home and I'm trying to give away my love language. You know what I'm saying? I'm like all over it. I'm touching on the back. I'm chasing around the kitchen. Hey, babe, I'm trying to get her to turn around. Give me a kiss. Blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, get off. I got to get this. Stop. Stop. I'm not lying. My wife does it. Get off. Ain't sad. Y'all need to pray for her because I ain't quitting. I told her a long time ago. I said, babe, I'm always going to have tennis shoes and I'm always going to run. And if you put me in a chair, you better watch out. I'm going to chase you down in a wheelchair. I don't care what I'm in. I'm coming. I'm coming hard and fast, baby. I'm coming after you. I'm not quitting. Amen. And so I, I come home and I want to touch and I just, ah. I mean, you notice that as a, when you come into this church, I'm always touching you on the back. It's a different kind of touch. It's not that thing that I do with Cheryl. <laughs> I just went, oh shoot. I shouldn't have said that. Everybody's gonna be like, Later, Pastor. <laughs> Praying for you, man. Somebody might hit me with some oil or something. Get that thing off of you. Huh? But I want to come home and I want to touch. And she wants to talk and talk and talk and talk. One day we were, we were talking and we'd been talking for a long time. And, and even in her book, it was a long time. It was like a real long time. And, and, and I just went, you good? She went, what do you mean? I said, we just talked for an hour. I'm like, like, is your tank full? And she went, she didn't realize it. She goes, yeah. I said, good, now it's my turn. <laughs> Let's get into the touch ministry. Amen? <laughs> so we're opposites, but that's a good thing because opposites attract, right? Listen, if Cheryl was just like me, oh my goodness. You wouldn't like me, the, the me without Cheryl, I promise you. It, just, it wouldn't be good because she's the life of the family. She really is. She cuts up with the kids. She's just full of life. You know what? I think that's the thing that I saw in Cheryl when I first met her. There's something about this girl. She got something in her that I like. And I was attracted to it. You follow me? And so... Life-giving relationships happen when two servants are in love. I need to sit down with her and have some face-to-face time before maybe I get a little bit of shoulder-to-shoulder time. You follow what I'm saying? We're, we're servants. 
We're, we're life-giving servants together. We, we're called to serve one another. The Bible says the husband is to, I mean, the wife is to submit. And women, most women don't like that word, but he didn't tell you that you needed to lay your life down. Like Christ loved the church or laid his life down for the church. So we're supposed to give of ourselves to one another. Are you seeing this? So God brought two individuals together that, that are, are connected to him and receiving life from him. He brought them together so that they would serve him by serving one another. So this is tricky because this is where the enemy comes in. So the enemy comes in and he says, you know what? She ain't giving you as much as you've given her. He's not doing for you what he's what you've been doing for him. You, you know, you you've been you've been putting out a lot of for him and, and and he's not giving much in return. And, you know, he he didn't take you on a day. When's the last time he took you? On? When's the last time? And the devil starts speaking. Why? Because he's trying to get in between there. He wants to come in and get you to quit serving one another. Because when he gets you to start, stop serving one another, then you stop serving God. Right. And when you stop serving God, then everything starts to fall apart. So he's very sly. He comes in and he wants to get in between you and say, you know what? You're not getting enough. They're, they're, not, they're not filling all your needs. They're not, they're not doing this and they're not. Do- and so he comes in there and he wants you and he's going to nag at you and nag at you like a rock in your boot. He's going to nag at you. He's going to wear a hole in you until you blow up. Listen, when you're fighting with one another, the devil's rejoicing. And he's doing everything he can to keep you from making up. But we're called to serve one another as we serve God. The next one is life-giving relationships make the choice every day. People say, man, I fell in love and I fell out of love. Like love is a ditch. Like I ran into it on accident, like boom, I fell in love and boom, I fell out of love. Say, love's not a ditch. Love is a choice. Right? It has feelings with it, but it's a choice. I choose to stay in love with Cheryl even when I don't feel like I love her. We got this thing we say, I love you and I will always love you, but I just might not like you right now. And that's just real. There's days we look at each other and go, I don't like you. I love you, but I don't like you. Right? It's a choice we make. Watch what Ecclesiastes 9.3 says. It says, live happily with the woman. <laughs> live happily with the woman you love through all the meaningless days of life that God has given you under the sun. Get this. The wife God gives you is a reward for all of your earthly toil. Get you some of that. She is your reward from God. <laughs> some of you are like, Pfft. I must have come in last place. Don't be looking all crazy. That's your reward. Are you going to polish it or are you going to leave it all dusty and crusty up on the shelf? Mm. But she's your reward. God gave her to you. 
in one way, he gave her to you because you needed help. So she's your, (laughs) she's God's kind way of saying to you, buddy, you need a little help. (laughs) And she's also a reward for all of your hard work. And don't let the devil tell you, you should have worked harder. Cheryl is my reward. What I do with my reward is my own business. I can enjoy my reward or I can put it in a box and stick it in the attic. But what I do with my reward is my own business. But Ecclesiastes says to live happily with the woman you love. You see, God's intentions was that he was going to reward you with a blessing. She is a blessing. She is your helpmate. She, she helps you in your place of weakness. Are you seeing this? She's there because God loves you. God gave her to you because there were some areas in your life that you were lacking or some things that you didn't have that only God could, could fulfill through her. Are you getting this? She is your reward. You are meant to have fun with your reward. I love going to little, little t-ball events and things like that. And, you know, these days everybody gets a reward. I totally disagree. Somebody needs to go home and boo day because they didn't win. Just a little soapbox. I just preach for a minute. Not everybody deserves a reward. But these little kids, they get these little trophies right now. Ha, ha, I got my and my, back in my day, it had your name on it. They don't put names on them now because everybody gets one. So, but, the, but the kid goes, on, ah, I got my reward. Woohoo! And every time somebody comes, oh, look at my reward. Right? They present the reward. Look at this. Why don't we do that with our wives? This is my bride. This is my best friend. Hey, did y'all get a chance to meet my wife yet? She's really the engine behind this family. She's really the source of life in this. This is my wife. This is my best friend. Are you getting this? She's your reward. Maybe you're here today and you haven't been treating her like a reward. And you know what's, you know what's funny is I think the church in history has been so concerned about people dancing and people getting close to one another and being this legalistic thing that they've taken the whole fun out of marriage. I know the church I grew up in, there wasn't a happily married couple in the building. It's like, they, they couldn't dance. I mean, they'd have to go to weddings and wait for all the other Christians to leave from the church so that they could start dancing. I'm like, dang, man. That's just, even as a kid, I was like, that's wrong. I mean, we're supposed to be getting it, Right? Man, we dance. We, we do this at home. Y'all really need to look into my house. Man, we do some crazy stuff. We dance. We enjoy one another. We have fun. We cut up. My wife, the other day, we're driving to school, driving back from school, and this new song we like comes. I, I, I put it on, on my phone. I put it on the truck, and boy, we crank that sucker up. And I got this little subwoofer that comes factory. Only Fords do that. And, and it comes factory, so the, the truck kind of bumps a little bit. Does this? I mean, we got this song cranked up, and my and Virginia's got her little friend in the car. 
And so normally if the friend ain't there, I mean, we'll pull up at the red light like boom, 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 boom. And I'm in the front seat. That's me. And my wife's throwing down on the other side. You know, we're raising our hands and the kids in the back like this. And we're all at the red light. People look at us like, the whole family's on drugs. So, man, we, we, we were kind of in that mood, you know. We wanted to bump it up a little bit. So, man, Cheryl was like, put that song on, baby. I was like, oh, yeah. And this poor little girl, she had no clue what was about to happen. So, boy, we cranked it up. And quite honestly, I was a little embarrassed because the girl's only been to our house a couple of times. I don't know her that well. So I wasn't going to, like, pull out all my moves. But my wife, she went full head steam, man. She's, like, throwing down the seat. She looks up. Nobody else is dancing. <laughs> We all left her hanging. But it was fun, man. We had fun and we just enjoy one another. Doesn't mean there's not bad times and doesn't mean there's not serious times. But dear goodness, we got to learn how to have fun together. Amen. Stop letting the devil win. So let me show you the areas we're going to have fun. That we're intended to have fun. We're intended to have fun emotionally. We're intended to have fun emotionally. We're emotional beings. Do you realize that? We feel things for certain reasons because God intended us to feel things. He intended us to have emotions. He's the one that made us to cry. He's the one that made us to laugh. He's the one that made us to boudet. He's the one that made us, you know, just to kind of be content at different times. He made us with all of these emotions so that we can express them, right? So we're emotional beings, but we're, we're created to have fun emotionally. The greatest way to build someone up and also destroy them is with your words. The Bible says in the tongue lies the power of life and death. We can, we can build things up or we can tear things down. And the devil wants to come and get between you and your spouse and get you to start tearing each other down. He wants you to focus on what they're not doing and what they're failing at instead of what they're good at. Right? This morning I was in a prayer meeting with Miss Mary and Miss Cricket. I said, tell me, tell me, give me some wisdom on marriage. And one of the things Miss Mary and Miss Cricket agreed with this was that baby... You got to learn to appreciate each other. You got to quit focusing on the bad things and appreciate the good things. And when you learn how to appreciate the good things, it just makes the marriage better. Right? If, if nobody wants to be in judgment all the time. Nobody wants everything that they do to be called into question. Amen. Cheryl, one of my things is I I love Cheryl to come with me outside and and to do the farm. You know, I want her to come outside and see the animals. She don't have to get dirty and full of poop and all that. But just come outside and just see what we're doing. Get out the house. Come see us. But when she does, she tells me everything is broken. (laughs) And so I got this big old thing going like, you know, my wife's coming. Woo-hoo. She's coming to the farm and she comes outside. She goes, oh, everything looks great. You know, that gate's broken. I'm like, yeah, I know the gate's broken. What's that on that animal? Is that, is that like harmful? Is that going to hurt it? I'm like, it's been there since it's born. So all of a sudden I go into defense mode 
And she goes into investigator mode. And before you know it, this grand and glorious scheme I had of her coming to the farm turns into a knockdown drag out. I'm like, get out of the farm before it's over with. Makes me want to quit. I'm like, I give up farming. Shoot, I can't do nothing right. We're emotional beings. Watch what First Peter says. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. Don't repay evil with evil. Listen, we're human beings. We're going to bump each other. I'm going to say something stupid in the marriage. She doesn't have to retaliate with something else stupid. You follow me? I believe we can bless one another into a different place. I said this a couple of weeks ago, but us men, we're really simple. When we get it right, give us a treat. And we'll do it again. Reward my good behavior. Reward my good intentions. Tell me I'm doing something right. That's what a man wants to hear. Amen. Enjoy one another, the Bible says. Bless one another. Women need face-to-face time. When women go out on girls' nights, you know what they do? And y'all know this is true, so don't, don't tell me nothing else. You know this is true. When women go out with their friends, they go to eat and talk. They go get dessert and talk. And then they may go back to somebody else's house and talk. And when you come home, the guy goes, how was y'all's date night? Oh, it was good. What did y'all do? We ate and talked. And we're like, is that all y'all do is talk? I mean, listen, it really bothers us. All y'all want to do is talk. But you know what's crazy is that Cheryl wants to know how I feel about things. You ever get that from your wife, guys? Where they go, you come home from work and you done cuss somebody out or you done punch somebody. I mean, something happened at work that you would just fail. And, and you come home and she's like, so how was your day? And what's the typical response? It was good. Well, like it was good, good? Or like, you know, <laughs> like tell, tell me. And my problem is I got two other girls at the house that are doing the same thing. So I, I may like spill my guts to Cheryl in the kitchen and then Anna will come around the corner and say, hey, dad, how was your day? And I'm like. I'm going to start recording it. I'll send it to you, baby. But she wants to know how I feel about things, right? She wants to know if I had some emotions going on that day, right? So I did this with Anna the other day. She, she was just hounding me. She's like, Dad, how was your day? Every day, Dad, how was your day? She, so how was your day? How was your day? So the other day I had enough. I was laying on my ice pack on the floor. I couldn't leave, so she had me pinned down. She's like, so how's your, she's sitting on the sofa. How's your day, daddy? I'm like, I woke up at six. I went to the bathroom. I did. I went to the kitchen and I made some coffee and I gave her the whole run. And I said, then I, then I got my ice pack and I'm laying on the floor and you're asking me how my day is. And I'm telling you how my day is. And that's where we are now. And she went, oh, good. It's like, you got to be kidding me. Do y'all ever get enough? 
But women need face-to-face time. Men, let me give you a tip. Take a moment every now and then on a regular basis and just tell her how you feel about something. I think sometimes the women go, does he even have a pulse? Is he even alive? Right? So take the time and tell them how you feel about something. Let them know you're still alive. If you're mad about something, tell them. And all the women said, amen. Amen. Lord, I set you up. Men want side by side time. We want you just to come do something with us and not criticize it. Come on, I'm preaching now. Woo! We want you to come do something. Maybe go ride a bike if that's what you do. Come, come ride a bike with me, but don't tell me how to ride the bike. I've been riding a bike since I was a kid. I don't need you to tell me how to ride the bike. You see, one day I wanted to get one of those, you know, those two-seat bikes. You know what I'm saying? With the two pedals in it. And then the, this light came on and said, you better not. Because I ain't going to be nothing but the engine in the back going, yes, ma'am. <laughs> but we want you to come do something with us. If a man invites you hunting, go hunting with him. Get the camouflage. Spray the no sin on you. Do everything. And when you get in the blind, be quiet. Just because you got him in an eight by eight box doesn't mean it's time to talk. Right? Just sit there and be... You know what's crazy is, is me and Ethan a couple summers ago, we were cutting grass and almost every day we'd get in the truck and, and we'd go cut grass and we had this little routine. We, we'd get up early, jump in the truck, take off, hit the first McDonald's we could get to. He would get a Coke and I would get an orange juice and a biscuit on us and he would go, he'd take his first sip of that Coke and go, man, that Coke is good this morning. And that was the only word said. And we would ride. Me and my boy. And it was just good. Just rolling with my boy. Look over at him every now and then. He's just like. <laughs> just doing our thing, right? And then one day we, we got up early to go somewhere and Virginia came with us. And I ain't going to lie to you. She wrecked the whole thing. Like she's sitting in the bag. Me and, me and Ethan, we're like assuming the position. We're about to roll. And, and we're getting in the position and we're getting ready to get comfortable and just ride in peace. And she sits up on the... And then Ethan goes, dang, Dad. It sure is good when it's just me and you. Sometimes we want you just to roll with us. Come on, somebody. We want you just to ride with us. Just come and enjoy the journey a little bit. Is this making sense? We want some side-by-side time. Let me give you two things that'll, that'll keep you disconnected. The first one is your career, and the second one is your kids. Now, you got to be careful with this because sometimes your career will keep you from being connected with your wife. Right? And sometimes your kids will keep you from being connected with your wife. Y'all were there before they were there. And when they leave, it's still going to be y'all. You better take care of y'all and not let, not let they come in between y'all. Are you with me? And don't think you're going to be married to a career and your wife because that ain't going to work. 
You're married to your wife and you have a career. But your career comes after your wife. But pastor, I got to put food on the table. Yeah, you do. You have to put food on the table, but it sure ain't no fun eating food at the table when it's quiet and everybody's mad at each other, right? It don't taste the same. Don't let something come between. So let me give you three types of relationships. The first one is a face-to-face relationship. This is the best kind because you start off as friends and you actually, you actually put down your phone, you turn off the TV, and you love to be alone with one another. That's a face-to-face kind of relationship where you intentionally make time for one another. No distractions. Cheryl and I are good about calling each other out. If I'm, if I'm on Facebook or I'm doing something and looking at something and she's trying to talk to me, she goes, she just gets quiet, and when I realize she's quiet, I go, oh, sorry, and vice versa, right? So we make time for one. That's a face-to-face relationship. Some of you may be in a shoulder-to-shoulder relationship, and that's, that's when you're like coworkers, and you do things together, but it's with the, with the intentions of getting something done. It's like you're co-laborers in raising the kids, and there's never any face-to-face time. It's all about what you're doing, and it's never about doing something together and enjoying it, right? That's shoulder-to-shoulder relationships. And then the, some of you may be in this one. It's the back-to-back relationship, where honestly you're like roommates. You share the same bed, but live separate lives. You may have separate checking accounts. Maybe even separate friends. You sleep together and you don't ever touch each other in the bed. Your roommates sharing the same bed. Here's the good news, though. It doesn't matter where you're at today. It can change. God's got the power to change. Come on. We've been in this series for four weeks. If you apply all these things in your life, you can change. Amen. So let me move on. So here's the practical application for men in all of this. And and the first one is share with your wife one thing that's happened this week and how you felt about it. And here's the practical application for women. Go do something with your husband. Okay. Here's the second place we're supposed to have fun is physically. God designed sex. That's pretty good. We've talked about it before. It's okay. You're here because of it. Hello? I'm not shame. <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> Listen to me. God designed sex for you to enjoy it. Not to be ashamed of it when it's done in the context of marriage. Enjoy it. It's a part of your emotional being. It's good. I'm getting worried. Ain't nobody said amen. It's good. Man, y'all making it hard to preach today. Watch what Proverbs says, says. May your fountain be blessed And may you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breasts satisfy you always. And may you ever be intoxicated with her love. There's some single guys in here that just wrote that verse down and said, oops, I got my first memory verse. (laughs) Somebody just fell in love with the Bible. Just now the Bible talks about that. Oh, my goodness. I can 
But he says to enjoy each other. He made it for a reason to create, but also to enjoy. Come on, somebody. You don't need to be uncomfortable about that. If you're married, sex is what you do. I'm about to hit you with a verse in a second. It's going to punch you in the nose. But let me get to something else first. Men, you you may need to work on your approach. <laughs> let me give you this one. <laughs> men, <laughs> I want to help you out some. You men need to work on your approach. You ain't all that in a bag of chips no more, bro. You can't keep standing in the bedroom buck naked. I'm going to come get you some of this. It don't work. You need to change your approach. You ever tried that? Y'all never thought I'd say that in church. Huh? The devil's a liar. Men, you may need to be tender in your approach. Change your game up, brah. Got to be flexible. Ladies, make an approach. Just make some kind of approach. Guys are dying. They're going, would you do something? Can I get an amen? Amen. Ladies, make an approach. Do something. I mean, listen, you got to let the man catch you every now and then. Or sooner ladies going to give up. Men like to win. Got touched right there. Boom. Make an approach. Some of you, you make excuses. You go, man, we, we don't have time. What? You don't have time? Oh, well, we, got, we got kids. And? Put them watching some Dora the Explorer. Take your wife and go, Diego, go. Go do your thing. It don't take that long anyway. You got to be creative. No excuses. <laughs> I used to be uncomfortable talking about sex in church. I ain't, I'm good. Y'all good? I'm good. Y'all good? I'm, y'all talk about it outside the church anyway. Right? Y'all go get with y'all, y'all's friends and, and all these. Anyway. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3 to 5. And you need to memorize this one. <clears throat> and in all seriousness, somebody's going to get breakthrough right here today with this verse. 1 Corinthians 7, 3 to 5. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. And the wife should fulfill her husband's sexual needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband. And the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations. Unless... You both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. And you don't pray that much. 
My wife's got this thing. I'm telling you, she's a trip. I'll get in the, I will get in the bed, and man, I start making my moves. And she knows how I breathe if I'm coming after her. I mean, I can make like a grunt, and she's like, oh, Lord. So I'll start making my moves. She'll start praying in tongues. And so I sit right there. I go, you ain't going to pray all night. You're going to stop sooner or later. You follow me? We have fun with it. The Bible says, do not withhold yourselves from one another. Why? Because when you do, the devil comes in with a storm. He made you to enjoy each other sexually. Do it as often as you can. I'm serious. Listen to me. There's too many people falling into pornography, falling into adultery, falling into other these, all these other things because their spouse won't give up. Their spouse won't let them in. I'm serious. What's the number one selling thing in this world? Sex. What sells a car? Sex. What's halftime at the Super Bowl? Sex. How dare we withhold from one another? If we've joined ourselves together in holy matrimony, how dare we withhold from one another? And give the enemy room to come in and move. I'm serious about this. I'm about to tell you why. Let me give you some ways to kill physical intimacy. Here's the first one. And boy, this is a big one. You make your spouse earn sex. You make them earn it. The old joke goes, the old lady says, you know, them men, they bark all day, but they meow at night. We don't always get it right. And we say stupid things during the day. But don't make us be like a whipped puppy that has to do everything just right, just to have a little sexual intimacy with you. And men, don't make her have to dress up and do certain things just so that you'll have intimacy with her. You don't make them earn it. It was given to you as a gift from God. Amen. Amen. You don't make them earn it. When you get into the, to the thing of earning it, that's just like prostitution in my book. It's marital prostitution. You telling me I got to do this and I got to do that just so that we can lay in the bed and have some fun. It may work two or three times, but sooner or later, I'm going to get enough of this. We make them earn it. Maybe this one here, this is another one that kills it, is you only have sex when you both feel like it. You ain't felt like it in seven years. If that was the case, Lord Jesus. Only when you feel like it. We're waiting to feel it. We're going to be waiting a long time. 
Pastor Bubba used to always say, and he would say it jokingly, but I think it's really serious, is, is that men are like microwaves and women are like crockpots. A man, you hit the start button, he ready to go. The woman, you got to turn it on and let it warm up. Right? Women, sometimes you don't feel like it until you get involved in it. Then you go, hey, what's this? How you know that, Pastor? Because it happens in my house. We got to learn to enjoy each other even when we don't feel like it. And men, you know what I've had to learn? Sometimes she really, she just don't feel like it. And I need to respect that from time to time. I need, if she's, if she's not feeling good in the stomach, if she's having some issues going on, I need to be able to back off a little bit. I know I got all this junk raging in me. It's like a day going machine. And it don't quit. Men think about sex every day, all day. Women think about sex maybe once a month. Is that too much? Is that too often? I mean, I'm not a woman. I don't know. Two months. Two months. Okay. But men think about it every day, all day long. You got to understand this, women. We're like, we're a machine. Just saying. So sometimes you got to press through. You know what? You're here to serve one another. And to love one another and to lay your life down for one another. Here's what's funny is a lot of times when you don't feel like it, but you, you, you make a choice to do something and serve your spouse, that, that what's, what's funny is what happens is that in return, you start to get your, what you're, you're longing for. You follow me? You may not feel like it, but you know that, they, that you need to do it and you know that it's important. And so you press in and you do it. Who knows what God's going to do on the other side of that obedience? You may receive more than if you'd have said no. Amen? Here's the third thing to, to kill the physical intimacy is to share your bed with children and pets. I'm just going to say it. A pet. There's nothing more creepy then, then having some intimacy with your wife and then there's a pet. <laughs> Pooh. You can't be intimate with the kids sleeping in the room all the time. We never started that. Let me tell you something. I drew a line in the sand. I said, oh no, baby child. Ain't no children sleeping up in this bed. Ain't enough room for them. This king size, and only enough room for me and you. But they don't feel good. Good, they're going to feel bad in their room just like they're going to feel bad in my room. Keep them in there. Why? I can't hear them. They get sick enough, they're going to come tell you. Right? The dog. The dog's in the bed. Get that junk out of your bed. I'm just telling you, if you, you start doing some of this stuff, man, you'll enjoy life. You'll enjoy each other. You'll have fun. Sex is a blessing in marriage. It's a curse anywhere else. Let me give you the third one and I'm going to wrap it up. The third way we're supposed to 
have fun is spiritually. We're supposed to have fun spiritually. Hebrews 3.1 says, Brothers and sisters, you are holy partners in a heavenly calling. God, des- God designed the two of you to make a difference together on this planet. You should do things spiritually together. You should have fun spiritually. You should overcome the enemy spiritually. You should gain victory spiritually. And then you should turn to one another and give each other a high five and a little booty shake or something. You need to, you need to get excited when you get some ground spiritually. You need to learn how to rejoice together. Amen. When you, when you've been wanting, your kids been wearing you down for so long and you finally get breakthrough because you've been on your knees praying and seeking God and speaking the truth to them and you gain ground and you get victory in them. When they're not looking, man, you're just bumping, high-fiving. Woo! We won! Right? You rejoice together spiritually. So we're supposed to have fun emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Amen? That's the way God designed it. That's what he wants us to do. That's what the enemy doesn't want you to do. He don't want you to have fun. I watched an uh, an interview with Billy Graham a couple years back, right after his wife died. I don't know how old Billy Graham is now, but he's pretty old. And they they were asking him about his wife and what her last days were and this and that. And he said, you know, when we got into our seventies, he said, we had to, we had to start sleeping in separate beds in separate rooms because of our health issues. And in that moment, I saw something in Billy Graham that, that it, it was like a secret, something that he had. Cause when they asked him, he said, well, how was, you know, how was life towards the end with Miss Graham? He says, man, when we were in our seventies, we had to start sleeping in different rooms because of health issues. And then like all of a sudden he caught himself and the smirk came on his face and he goes, but don't think we wouldn't have an intimacy. <laughs> that old slide dog look on his face kind of popped up and he went, but don't think that stopped the intimacy. That's what I want to be. I want to be that old fart that looks at Cheryl and goes, girl, you better take off. I'm coming, I'm coming to get you. Right? I want the intimacy to get better. Listen, there's times I pray before we have sex. There's times I pray. I pray in tongues. I pray in the spirit before we have sex. Because sometimes I know she don't feel like it. And sometimes we get caught up in this earn it thing. And sometimes we do all these crazy things. And you need to pray through that. And you need to talk about that and communicate that to one another. You need to tell each other what your needs are. If you're not have, if you're not intimate enough, you need to express that. Amen. You need to talk about that. Pray for one another. Encourage one another and have fun.